magazine or book. There's books for him and books for her and books for you and me. You'll find good books for everyone at your library. What's up, y'all? It's Lauren, and you're listening to Lauren's Library, and I'm here to ramble about book stuff. So grab a seat, grab some coffee, grab a blanket, and grab the steering wheel if you're driving, because I will not be paying for your accidents. But just get comfortable, because we have a lot to talk about. And if you're new here, just wanted to give a special hello to you. Thanks for popping in. Hey, how you doing? What's up? Now that you're here, you can't leave. Those are the rules. So here on episode 16, first of all, Wow, 16 episodes of Lauren's Library. Y'all been listening to me ramble for 16 whole episodes. Like, what's wrong with (laughs) y'all? I'm kidding. But anyway, we'll be talking about authors using AI, books that ruined me emotionally, and we'll have a short story written by me called If Fishes Were Wishes. And I know the title sounds weird. I'll explain it when I get to it. Just bear with me. So go ahead, get your wits about you. Get comfortable. Shake it off, whatever. And let's get to it. back <laughs> I'm sorry I've always wanted to do that I won't even lie to y'all whenever I be listening to that stinger on the playback I'm like in my recording room jamming aside from the theme song it's my favorite part shout out to my husband for making all the music for this this little shindig we got going on but anyway let's talk about AI okay so I feel like over this past year artificial intelligence aka AI has risen in the ranks of importance and relevance There have been like a number of apps that have gained popularity recently, ones that would allow you to upload a picture of yourself for a small fee and then give you the option to like mold your face into different characters or whatever. And for like a week, every time I logged into Facebook, I would see people posting so many different versions of themselves. Like they'd be mermaids, they'd be like princesses and princes, whatever, whole bunch of weird stuff. And I had wanted to try it. But once you give them access to your face, now they have it in their database. (laughs) That rhymes. But anyway, once you give them access to your face, now they have it and they can use it whenever a person puts in a prompt that sounds similar to your features or description. Maybe that's just me being paranoid, but I mean, I try not to hop immediately on trends like that until I know for sure, for sure what's up. What really worries me about these images actually is that they look super believable if you don't know what you're looking for. Especially to the gullible people that take everything at face value and don't do any research for themselves. Or, I hate to say it, the older generation that does not realize the amount of capabilities that technology has these days. Like the the group of old old people on social media that still send chain mail in messages. Like you you know the kind I'm talking about. You know you know what I'm talking about. But just in case you didn't know, the hands are always a dead giveaway. AI has gotten a little better with the extremities, but every now and then you catch a picture of a person that has like 40 fingers on one hand. So now I find myself checking like on all photos, even photos that are actually posted by (laughs) a real person. 
I'd be looking just to make sure like, okay, you got all your fingers? You got all your toes? You good? Okay. So this must, this must be a real photo, which is, which is kind of bad. Cause if you don't have all your fingers and toes, then I'm just going to assume that this is an AI photo. Haven't worked out the kinks with that theory yet, but I'm getting there. Matter of fact, there was one picture. <laughs> I think I actually shared it on my Facebook. It was like a picture of Will Smith that had like morphed into some weird version of Adolf Hitler and claiming that it was his next movie. And there are people that were actually falling for it. And I'm like, nah, bro, if you look at this photo, you can tell it's clearly not him. Like it looks like him, but it's not him. And then there was this other <laughs> funny looking photo of Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. I think she had on a gold outfit. They looked like they were at some kind of award show or something. At first glance, since it had her general likeness, it was enough to fool you. And then, you know, there are people in the comments saying that she looked beautiful and they loved her outfit, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, you could very clearly tell if you look close that it was actually like a doodle bob version of Rihanna and ASAP, like not the real people. But it can be very disheartening to hear how people will believe pretty much anything. And I said all that to say, like there's even an AI version for writing now. Things like Jasper AI and OpenAI, they are like supposed to help you write better and faster. And when I was struggling to get through my first draft of my novel, and I was beyond stuck on making the story go from point A to point B, there were multiple commercials about using AI to write a book in two weeks. And they'd say stuff like, oh, I published a novel in a month. Here's how. And I swear some of the, the Facebook bots must have been in my head. Cause I was just like, bro, I don't know if I can finish this. I don't know how I'm going to write all this by this deadline. And then here comes the little AI commercials. Just like, yeah, you can write a book in a week. Here's how I did it for a struggling author like me. Like it was super tempting. Like, come on now. And apparently I'm not the only one tempted by it because it has been the source of discussion in pretty much every book group and every Facebook writing group that I belong to. And some are saying that they wouldn't support anyone if they found out that they were using AI. And others were saying that they use AI to make their covers or help them write when they didn't have anything, like they didn't have any ideas on what to write or what to talk about. And it's been the subject of discourse for a while. And it's such a divided topic. Even the writers in the Authors Guild, is it guiled or guild? I don't know how to say that word. But then the Authors Guild have chimed in, albeit angrily, and banded together to file a lawsuit against some of the AI writing programs. Because their issue is that the work that they wrote is being used without permission to teach other programs how to write and generate large amounts of text. So basically it's saying like, you know, they put all this work into being an author and to getting out this content that people consume and love. And here comes AI basically threatening to take their jobs. It's kind of, I hate to say it, but it's kind of how people act when they're in Walmart. And they're looking at the self-checkouts and they're just like, oh, these self-checkouts are taking the jobs from the cashiers, which is a bunch of BS. But I mean, it's it's an argument that people go to all the time. And that's kind of the argument for this here. Matter of fact, there's a duet. Ooh. <laughs> See, that's what I get for talking crap. Talking about some duet. There is a direct quote from the website that I found on this whole topic. And the quote says that the complaint draws attention to the fact that the plaintiff's books were downloaded from pirate ebook repositories and then copied into the fabric of GPT 3.5 and GPT 4 
which power ChatGPT and thousands of applications and enterprise uses from which OpenAI expects to earn many billions. These professionally authored, edited, and published books are an especially important source of LLM training data, as the complaint states, because they allow GPT to provide better, more commercialized outputs. So basically, people are using their books to teach AI how to write. And I wanted to offer my opinion, even though no one asked, but that's why you're here, to listen to my opinion. So I think, honestly, AI has its place. Full transparency, like I was just telling y'all when I was struggling to um, finish my first draft, I signed up for the free trial of one of the AI programs that promised to help me finish my book in a week. And then, like, literally no matter what prompts I put in and what information about the parts of the book that I already had that I filled out, the story that it spit out in return was absolute doo-doo. Like, it was terrible. I couldn't use any of it. <laughs> if I wanted to, like, show my face in public, I couldn't use any of that. Like, not a word of it. But what it did do was, like, it got my, my brain moving. Okay, so and even though I couldn't use any of the garbage it gave me, it allowed me to like think about it and turn it over in my head and sit with the story until I can figure it out on my own without AI. Sometimes it just takes a little extra time or sometimes it just takes some inspiration. So if you're using it to write the entire book, then I'm gonna have to give you the bombastic side eye because just based off the writing that it gave me when I was prompting it for hours, that book ain't gonna be that good, girl. <laughs> I do think AI is useful for story prompts. Like if you're looking for something quick and you can't find any inspiration, like I was just saying, it can give you a list of prompts to spark your creativity. You can be like, give me 15 prompts about a four-legged creature with a Barbie doll head or something. And it will give you the prompts. And then you can read the prompts and come up with a story of your own. Or you can read the prompts and combine them and whatever. And, you know, just do it that way. I think it's really good for stuff like that because who would have thought of that on their own? <laughs> you know, it just gives you the, like a little bit of a leg up, but you still have to actually do the writing. That's what I think anyway. But there are some authors that are using AI to completely write their book and then just like editing and publishing it like a robot ghostwriter, pretty much. Depending on the subject matter of the book, that is something that you need to be careful with because AI has been known for taking incorrect information and trying to pass it along as fact. I think there was one instance where an AI program was being sued because it said that a scientist or doctor or said something that they allegedly didn't say. I don't really know much about that story. I just remember reading it somewhere when I was looking for something else. So I didn't stay on it. But yeah, you got to be careful with stuff like that. If you're a writer and you're using AI or you're thinking about using it, I would implore you to be careful and don't let it write the entire thing for you, no matter how tempting it is, because come on, like that's cheating. And if you actually read what it's giving you, there's a good chance it'll stop making sense somewhere in the middle, or there's a chance it'll start giving you incorrect information. Using it as a starting point, okay, but not a quick fix or a get rich kind of thing. To me, that's disrespectful. Like you don't read, you don't like books, you don't write, and you just go to to like ai and be like hey i'm gonna write a book and make me some money like excuse me sir excuse me ma'am no <laughs> that's not how this works okay you have to stress about the idea for at least three months before you even write a word on the document 
and then maybe you can get started. That's how you do things here. Okay. People are using it like a microwave type deal, like where you get it quicker than you would if you actually sat and worked on it or let it bake in the oven, if you will. Because the people know, the people can tell, and the people will call you out on it. It's gotten to the point now where I think Amazon makes you list whether or not you've used AI before. And story writing contests, actually, specifically ones that I've been in recently, they forbid you from using the software to create a story for your submission. So people are realizing that y'all out here cheating with this AI, right? And if as technology increases, sort of the rules and stipulations around using it. Just like them terrible hands, AI writing always gives itself away because it'll start to like repeat itself and like it'll sound real flowery at first. But if you really sit and think about it, it's a bunch of like generalized information or a whole lot of flowery nothing. And that's how you can tell, I think, in my opinion. Honestly, if you really want to get down to it, I think it takes away from the joy and the relief you feel when you actually finish writing a story that you can be really proud of. With the boom in self-publishing, people are churning out more and more books with less and less effort, all in the name of making a quick buck. So the literary world is like oversaturated with a bunch of doo-doo books. Like, let's just be honest. There are a lot of trash books out here with the increase in like, you know, just publishing it yourself. And they suck. Absolutely terrible. And when in reality, writing a book is hard work. Writing a book that's actually worth reading is even harder. And these type of technologies take away from the skill and the hard work of actual authors. As for those readers who say that they aren't supporting someone if they find out that they're using AI for their plot or their covers, that's totally on you. That's your decision. I'm not going to tell you who to and who not to support. What I will tell you, though, is three books that completely ruined me emotionally. Let's get into it. Okay, so books that have ruined me. And by ruined, I mean like it's a book that had me in my feelings so bad that I had to take a break from reading for a few days just to let my soul regroup and my heart heal. Like, don't get me wrong. I love books that can do that to me. I'm not complaining. (laughs) I am no stranger to books with heavy and or dark material. So I feel like I'm immune to a lot of it for the most part. Well, not immune, okay. But I mean... There's a difference between like if you read nothing but like bubblegum pop, happy sunshine and sprinkles all the time, and then you turn around and read like a heavy book, you're going to be a little bit more broken up than someone who reads heavy books all the time, right? The logic made sense in my head. I don't know. But it takes a lot to do that to me. So if your words have the power to affect me so badly that I am unable to can... Like if I read it and I'm like, I cannot, then it's a five star in my book, or at least a four star at the very least. Not many books have me sitting in the corner, clutching my knees and rocking back and forth. So that's why I feel like it's important for me to mention them so that you too can be emotionally ruined for a few days if you decide to read them. Okay, (laughs) so let's get into it. My first one. My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell. 
Oh my God. This book was beautifully written, but it was so hard to read. Oh my gosh. Like I remember I read it in like a day and a half and it was so heavy that I could literally feel a book pulling on me emotionally. Like I could, I was like depressed, like low key depressed, like sad music video staring outside while it rains kind of depressed. It's, it's reminiscent of Lolita. If any of you have read that. I have not read that myself, but I am aware of what it's about based off of like reviews and people mentioning it and, and, you know, my general nosiness. So I have an idea. Sidebar to that. If you're going to use book quotes for your wedding and be a romantical and get them tattooed on you and be cute, at the very least, read the synopsis or read a review or two of the book you choose, because I've seen so many pictures of people getting Lolita tattoos or quotes from the book and using them in their wedding and whatnot. And I have to resist the urge to let them know that the book is written from an older man's perspective who is in love with a little girl. And that's not cute. In no way, shape or form is that cute. Okay. But anyway, back to my dark Vanessa. It's very similar to that book in the idea that a grown man grooms a young girl. And there's a point where I was reading and (laughs) my husband actually came in and I started trying to have a conversation with me you know, like normal humans do during the day. And I was so like absorbed in that book. Like I was in such a warped headspace that I really couldn't participate in the conversation at all. Like, I, <laughs> like words were hard in that moment. Like the book is very dark, but it's so well done. And it's meant to make you uncomfortable and meant to make you think. And it does exactly that. And then some, my only warning though, is that if you have daughters, be, be wary of this book. Like, read it with caution, take care of yourself, take breaks. Like, I don't have any personally, but it made me want to go to school and swing on some teachers just off the scrunch. Because, absolutely not. You know, like, it just... (sighs) (laughs) Whew, that book had me wanting to swing on some teachers and I don't have any children. So, if if you have children, be mindful of that. Be careful. Even though I'm, I'm technically recommending these books... I'm doing it with the caveat that you understand yourself and your own triggers first before you go into it. Read the synopsis and then decide. If it's too much for you, then sit this one out because I'm not paying for your therapy. I'm not. Nor am I paying you bail. So move wisely. Okay. The second one is They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. And I feel a little silly even mentioning this one because even though it literally tells you what happens in the title... I went into it hoping that it was a little jokey joke and they don't actually both die at the end. I was like, oh, maybe it's a metaphor for shedding their old selves and then their new selves are born. No, no, none of that. (laughs) Literally, they both die in the end. (laughs) I can laugh now about how the end of the book was literally staring me in the face in the title and my stubborn tail was just like, nope, that's probably not what happens. Wow. I I don't know how people put up with me sometimes, but it actually taught me a lot. Honestly, like it taught me a lot about regrets and it made me think about what I would do if I knew for a fact that I had one day left to live. But the characters that ended up growing on me so much and they had escaped death so many different times throughout that day in that story that when it finally happened, child, I was hurt. You hear me? I was hurt. (laughs) And it's funny because like, As I'm reading, 
I was like, wait, so you mean they actually both die in the end? <laughs> and I, I don't know if y'all remember them um, Golden Corral commercials where they, they hit you with the frying pan. Like, when will it hit you? I feel like somebody should have done that to me. Like, duh, it's literally right there in the title, Lauren. What are you doing? But anyway, um, I was staring at the wall for a little bit afterwards because how could you make me care about people that don't even exist and then just snatch them away from me like that like what kind of psychological torture is this and what kind of masochist am i for knowing what would happen but still reading it (laughs) y'all i was hurt i was hurt i was hurt i was upset i was hurt and i'm still kind of hurt it's still recent because i finished that book i want to say maybe a week or so ago and I had to sit for a few days. I couldn't read anything else. I was like, wait, I need a second. Because how could you do this to me? <laughs> like, I'm still hurting around the edges a little bit. Like, how dare you? Okay, how dare you? Third one. Long Shot by Kennedy Ryan. And this is by far the most emotionally traumatizing out of the three, I think. But I think that might be because of my own experiences with it. Hookshot is by far the best one in that Hoops trilogy by Kennedy Ryan. Because if I wasn't married, then Keenan Ross would be my boyfriend for sure. Like, come on. But Longshot is the first book of the series. And to say that it starts off with a bang would be an understatement. And I consumed this via audiobooks. I was listening to these words being read out loud. Make no mistake. There's a little bit of love sprinkled in. Like it's a little bit of romance, you know, towards the end has the most romance in it. But overall, the story is about abuse, hardcore domestic and sexual abuse with nothing held back in the descriptions or in the scenes. It was graphic. It was violent. It was in your face. And after having been in an abusive relationship myself back during my undergrad days, this story triggered me quite a bit. Thankfully, mine wasn't anywhere near as horrible and gut-wrenching as this story, but Some of the phrases used and the actions taken triggered some very painful memories for me. So it was, it was hard getting through this one. But what I appreciated about it is that the story was in no way glamorized. The abuse was not glossed over or undermined or downplayed. And I think that's why I appreciated this one more than I did It Ends With Us by Colleen. Because in that book, from what I remember... The abusive character suffered no real consequences, no jail time, no nothing. And they still communicated. He still has access to their child. Like, he was still able to come around like, okay, yeah, you might have hit me a few times, but you know, it's fine. And it was treated more like a breakup because of like differences rather than a breakup based off of abuse. So that's why I wasn't really fond of that book. And I think that's, that might be the argument for why people don't really like it. All I know is that's the argument for why I didn't really care for it. I don't know about anybody else. Kennedy, however, does not shy away from any of the ugly parts of abuse. And that is exactly why this book had me full on sobbing in the corner of the gym, like sobbing. I'm so glad there was no one in there with me because I I was just listening and crying, like listening and sobbing, like completely neglected the little exercises I was supposed to be doing. If you decide to read this book, I don't suggest doing it while you're supposed to be doing something else, especially working out. Like I couldn't pick up another book for almost a month after this one. Like it, 
it was hard it was hard it was hard and i think that's her darkest book that i've read so far so yeah that one that one was was it was a lot so there you have it guys three books that ruined me emotionally if you decide to read any of them please come find me after therapy when you're done and then let's talk about it okay but for now we can move on to the short story section and this one is really going to be like super short like a flash fiction kind of thing because i had entered into a writing contest like i was telling you in the beginning where we had a story in a thousand words or less we were given a word a genre and an item and it had to make a story out of it yeah they gave me a fish nature trail and the story had to be an adventure. So this is what I came up with. It's called If Fishes Were Wishes. Let's get into it. At the edge of the trail, partially obscured from view, as this cerulean river teeming with fish. At first glance, it looks identical to any river you might see while hiking in nature. But do not be fooled. This river is particularly unusual. It has the power to grant a wish for a special price. In the middle of the trail was a young man named August and his wife, Willow. Sticks poked at Willow's ankles as she struggled to keep up with her husband, who had been blessed with long legs. A snake hissed nearby. Gus, wait, she huffed, running behind him. She let out a shriek when she noticed the snake, cursing herself for agreeing to the trip in the first place. She had always hated hiking. What? What, what if this is all a hoax and there's, there's no magical river? Her words came out in short puffs of breath. She leaned over to place her hands on her knees, breathing hard. August turned to glare at her. His mahogany skin glistened under the blaring heat of the sun. He had removed his shirt a few miles back. We have to try, he replied. Before Willow could respond, an angry roar erupted from behind them. August's eyes grew big. She turned slowly to see a large brown bear a few yards away. August tugged at her arm. Run, he hissed. The panic in his voice fueled her body forward. The two of them raced down the trail with the bear loping behind them. Leaves crunched and twigs snapped under the animal's weight. Willow could feel the bear's puffs of breath on the back of her legs as they ran. One swipe from a paw and she would be dead. The muscles in her legs screamed and her lungs burned from the sudden exertion, but she pushed ahead, praying they would make it to their destination. Sweat dripped down her forehead and stung her eyes, but they had to keep going. They had to make it. Oof! Her stride was cut short with a grunt as she slammed into August's back. He stood frozen, completely distracted from the rapidly approaching bear. Willow peeked over his shoulder to see what had caused him to stop. There, poised in front of a river of unnaturally blue water, was a man. His slate gray locks gently scraped the ground around his feet. He was tall, towering over August's 6'2 frame with glittering brown skin that stretched over taut muscles. He observed them with a wary, hickory-colored gaze. The man's eyes slid behind them, and Willow turned just in time to see the bear that had been hurtling towards them only moments earlier turn and run in the opposite direction. Hello, August began after a beat of stony silence. I'm August, and this is my wife, Willow. 
August motioned behind him at Willow, who had been unable to look away. I am Kylo, the man replied. Why have you come? Our daughter. Willow stepped from behind August and toward Kylo. His gaze dropped to her. She has, has cancer. We were, we were hoping you could help us. Her voice was strong, even though her knees shook slightly. Kylo considered her for a moment. Look into the river. What do you see? Kylo motioned to the river behind him. August and Willow stepped closer. The water was a deep blue and seemed overflowing with fish. As Willow leaned forward, she swore she saw a human face contorted in pain, but when she blinked, it was gone, replaced by a fish staring back at her with lifeless eyes. All I see is fish, said August with a disinterested drug. Kala turned to look at Willow, his gaze expectant. Willow swallowed thickly. I think I saw a human face, she whispered. Kala nodded. Each fish was once a person, he said. A person willing to sacrifice themselves for another. I will save your daughter, but that is the price you pay. A tense silence fell over the three of them. Willow looked up at August, who was staring back at her, wide-eyed. She could sense his fear. It mirrored her own. I'll do it, she exclaimed. No! August reached for her, but she sidestepped his grasp and turned to Kylo. Fear crept up her spine, but if anyone had to give their life for their daughter, it would be her. August grabbed her hand, trying to pull her away. She cupped his face. Tell Rose that mommy loves her. A single tear slipped down her cheek. And out of the corner of her eye, she saw Kello wave a hand, and then she doubled over with a pain so intense that it stole her breath. Bones cracked and muscles ripped in a fury of leaves and smoke until all that was left was a small red fish flopping desperately on the ground, struggling for oxygen. Tears streamed down his face as August picked up the little fish and tossed it in the water. Kello watched without a word. He had seen this so many times before. August turned to him, and his expression was pained. A brief wave of pity washed over Kello. He had been in the same shoes many years before, watching as his mother had given her life. He had devoted the rest of his days to protecting these sacred waters to honor her sacrifice. Return home. Your daughter needs you, Kello said. At the edge of the trail, partially obscured from view, lies a cerulean river teeming with fish. Each fish represents a wish and a sacrifice someone was willing to make to save someone they loved. At first glance, the river looks identical to any river you might see while hiking in nature. But do not be fooled. This river is particularly unusual. It has the power to grant a wish for a special price. It is guarded by a man named Kylo, who watches in stony silence as August returns down the trail without his wife, Willow. And that is all we have time for today. I told y'all it was super short. That's the shortest one I've read on this story on this podcast so far. What do you guys think? Let me know. Head over to my blog at www.theboogiebabe.com and poke around a bit. Read some stuff, rate some stuff. Make sure you rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you're using. You can follow, like, or leave a message at Lawrence Library Podcast on Instagram. And I'll be trying to leave like interactive polls and voting at the end of each episode just so I can get an idea of what you like and what you don't like. So be a good student, be a good noodle and participate for me. Okay, thanks. Also, tell a friend to tell a friend about Lawrence Library. Okay. Being an adult is expensive. Y'all know this. 
So help me out. I'm trying to get listeners so I can keep getting ads and keep getting a little bit of money in my pocket, you know, get some bread in my pocket. (laughs) Anyway, share, share, and share again. Threaten to withhold Christmas or birthday presents until they subscribe. No, I mean, okay, I'm kidding. But am I? Okay, yes. I won't be responsible for you severing relationships, okay? But anyway, you can also find me posting detailed reviews on the Bookie Babe Instagram and TikTok. Honestly, I I feel like that's not even honest to say at this point because it's been a minute since I've posted on Instagram and it's been a minute since I've posted on TikTok. I'm, it's a lot, y'all. Being a social media influencer is a lot of work. <laughs> So I'm a bit behind, but I'm still reading stuff. I'm still commenting on stuff and whatnot. I'm still out here. You know, don't give up on me. Don't leave me. People have been unfollowing me on Instagram because I ain't posted in a minute, but don't leave me. I'm still here. I promise. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I don't know. Oh, well. Anyway, I said all that to say, if you want to say hello, there are multiple ways to contact me. So take your pick. But one way or another, I will talk to you soon. So thank you so much for listening. Bye guys.